0: Welcome to the ITSP Magazine Podcast Network. You're listening to a new episode of the Leadership Student Podcast with M.K. Palmore. We are all lifelong learners, and nowhere is this more relevant than in the practice of leadership. Our goal is continual learning and improvement. Let's get after it. Knowledge is power, now more than ever.
1: guest today is James Cook, veteran United States Marine Corps and also an executive in the solar industry today. Uh, James and I have been uh, friends uh, and cohorts for more than 30 years. Uh, He's had some significant uh, leadership experience over the time and I thought it might be interesting to bring him in and talk a little bit about his story and some of his experiences. So James, welcome to the show.
2: Thanks for having me. I'm Kate. It's great to be here.
1: So, James, for the for the benefit of our audience, um, I don't want to spoil it. Give them a little bit about your 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 background, where you grew up, education background, and uh, we'll we'll get into some discussions about uh, the U.S. Marine Corps.
2: Yeah, well, I was fortunate to live uh, in a number of places. Uh, my my parents weren't. Uh, I wasn't a military brat, but my dad had several different jobs in the banking industry that moved us from. Detroit, where I was born, to Northern California, to Connecticut, when he worked in Manhattan, to London, England, to Kansas, where my um, my mom's parents lived, and lived with them for some time, and then came back to California, Northern California, where I went to high school, and um, my, uh, as you mentioned, my. Real education was in the United States Marine Corps, but I also uh, have an undergraduate degree from Harvard and an MBA from uh, UC Berkeley. Excellent.
1: So uh, all that moving around, I think uh, I'm certain helped to develop uh, quite a bit of your character and your background. Um, Talk a little bit about maybe the the, the first time the subject of leadership was introduced to you. Maybe it was when uh, growing up, maybe it was in uh, athletic sports or competition, which uh, I believe you participate in sports in both high school and college. Uh, so, talk a little bit about leadership when it was first introduced and what it meant to you at that time.
2: Yeah, honestly, um, I was sort of intimidated by leadership—the um, uh, idea of being a leader. Um, I liked to—I uh, loved competitive sports, and uh, but I often. Uh, preferred to kind of do my thing, focus on what I was uh, doing. and um, I was glad when I was finally really introduced into leadership positions in sports because it did you know make me realize that, that I could uh, contribute a lot more than just my own performance by helping to bring other people together and, and sometimes you know find a, uh, a translation point between coaches and my teammates. So I was a captain of my uh, basketball of my basketball team in college. I was captain of my high school tennis team, and in neither case was I the best player. But um, something, our you know, my teammates and coaches saw in me uh, led me to get in those positions. And I, I now love anytime I'm doing something sports or something. I always want to be organizing. I always want to be providing some sort of leadership. It always makes me much more interesting to me. So I play in an adult soccer league still, and um, I'm always the guy kind of coordinating the team and getting people in one place. And and I feel like my experience in life, mostly after having served in, in the United States Marine Corps, has been about, you know, how do I help people around me who have a great deal of talent uh, and enthusiasm uh, work together, and this has been true in my professional life too. Is like, you know, what what can I bring to making sure everyone's organized and headed down the same path, uh, the same mission, and the same uh, budget and timeline in mind. And, and again, that all while I had these early experiences through sports mostly, um, it was really the experience of serving as an officer in the Marine Corps that I learned the essentials of leadership and, and grew to love it and and saw I went from seeing leadership as sort of a burden uh, when I was younger, I think, uh, to now something that's one of the things I most enjoy about life is is helping other people realize their potential through me helping to organize and, and provide some sort of spark in, in leadership.
1: So before we even get to
2: the United States Marine Corps, I want to unpack uh,
1: one of the ideas that I have around leadership in sports, especially at the at the high school and college age, I view as more of an influence position rather than direct leadership. Can you talk a little bit about uh, the difference between uh, sort of offering influence to maybe your colleagues, friends, and teammates, as opposed to uh, being the guy who specifically is in charge of them?
2: Yeah, it's it's a great distinction, um, MK, to, to make because – you know as a as a fellow player on some team i'm not gonna uh, in, in the sports i was playing i wasn't calling out plays i was always the coach who was doing that and in tennis in particular it's a, a largely individual sport um but i could you know i could provide some sort of extra influence and and uh and sometimes uh might range from being a cheerleader to you know, encouraging guys to, to get to practice on time or or realize that we were a team, even though the sport is such an individual sport. Um, and I think um, at times you're right. The the that you can have some sort of additional influence that's that's different than a coach, um, but something that's you know amongst your peers, people who appreciate it. And so I I think you're right. I think that that's an important distinction because that's very different than in say my professional uh, career, where I've held positions of leadership, and I'm, you know, literally directing people what to do, determining their, you know, whether or not they're going to get promoted or fired, and what their salary is, and that sort of thing. Those, those things where you're leading a group and you're really able to um, tell people uh, here what to do or what not to do. Um, you're right. In sports, those those early leadership experiences were. Um, how do I on the on the edges influence my teammates to uh, maybe make better choices, uh, recognize the importance of working as a team, um, and then you know, I, and I think it was also the first time I had the experience of of uh, really seeing how valuable uh, leadership from the front is, uh, leadership by example, you know. I, would, I, I got to the point where I realized it wasn't effective to tell someone to come to practice on time if I wasn't there on time. It wasn't effective to encourage someone to, to make a, a greater effort on the basketball team if I wasn't making a great effort myself. And so sometimes providing that example in, in, uh, in sports was really the thing that I started to recognize early on was a, an important leadership trait Um, that I definitely, you know, was honed um, in service in the Marines. But uh, that was, you're right, I I like that distinction.
1: So I I think that what you did just now is you very accurately depicted what should be uh, an example of the formative stages of leadership where uh, maybe through experience you understand that how you act, how you show up as an individual can influence others. And so maybe that's part of the early stage building, and it's great that you were able to tease that out uh, I, I had um, uh, often thought um, uh, for folks that participate in high school sports and college sports that it is absolutely a training ground for what might be uh, in their future. So let's let's jump a little bit to um, um, your time in the United States Marine Corps. You know, I, for the uh, for our fellow veterans who will be listening in on this, your experiences um, uh, I'm sure will, will resonate with them. But really, the the audience here is a probably in large part, private sector folks who don't have very similar experiences having never served in the U.S. military. And it can be pretty impactful in terms of it's uh, for those that go through that experience. Um, How do you view your experience in the Marine Corps from the from the vantage point of leadership? I assume that you feel it made a stamp on you. Can you talk a little bit about like how you think about leadership differently from uh, based upon your time in the Marines?
2: Yeah, I mean, it, I wouldn't be the leader I am today uh, and feel so passionate about leadership if it weren't for serving for four years in the United States Marine Corps as an officer, going through uh, the Marine Corps uh, officer candidate school, going through uh, basic school and getting that kind of leadership training. It was unlike anything else I've ever done. Um, you really, you uh, Get a chance to try out different uh, ways of being a leader. You you actually get taught very specific leadership traits, um, and the Marine Corps teaches um, uh, you know a great um, deal about leadership. A real focus on how to become a good leader, what the leadership traits are of good leaders, and testing out opportunities to give you leadership roles uh, through e- early on in, in just in the training and, and, uh, and then throughout your uh, experience of being an actual, becoming a leader in the Marine Corps. So everything I learned about leadership really was, was uh, either came from the Marine Corps or was, you know, s- tested and tried and, and, um, and came about as something that, that is now part of me because of the Marine Corps and in the Marine Corps. Um, yeah, I can't say enough about how, you know, I've, I've uh, spent a lot of time in my early life in school, had lots of different, uh, education, very high level educational experiences, uh, learned a ton, uh, in the different places I was, but I never had anyone sit me down and say, uh, these are the traits that a leader should have. Here's what a leader should do. Here's what a leader looks like. Um, and ha- specifically had that training on leadership, and the Marine Corps does a fantastic job of it. And not surprisingly, you know, it's it's part of the ethos uh, of the Marine Corps. What makes the Marine Corps special is that sense that uh, you know every Marine ca- can and will be a leader at some point, and um, the the structure set up such a way that you know you have uh, some Marines who are in charge of three other Marines, four other Marines, uh, in a fire team where you have, uh, you know, Marines who are in charge of the, uh, you have the commandant who's in charge of the United States, the entire United States Marine Corps. So um, each Marine needs to learn how to be a, a leader, and I, I certainly got that. And like I said before, it was it was the pl- one place where, you know, someone actually sat us down and told us these are the things that can make you a great leader, uh, but allowed us to hone our own uh our own spirit of leadership, what, what actually works for us, uh, each as individuals. And one thing I'd say, MK, okay, that might be surprising for folks that haven't served in the military uh, uh, from my experience of being in the Marines was, um, it's not a lot easier uh, just because you can, you can order someone around, in fact, uh, I, I would say you're sort of failing as a leader if you have to order someone to do something. <laughs> if, if you have to resort to saying, you have, you have to do this because I'm the one who you know, signed your paycheck uh, if you will, then it's probably not working your leadership style. So you learn a lot more about um, in, in leadership about either providing that example of what a leader is, providing an example of how to behave, uh, showing other people you know that example of what you're looking for. Um, living that really embodying the, what you're looking for and seeing in the traits of the people that you're leading and, uh, in the end, almost, um, encouraging them in a way, at least my, my leadership style is to encourage people to follow my lead and, and have them do the things that I'm looking for to be done without me having to say, you really need to do this. And, um, You you can tell by my passion here, I could talk on and on about this. But I think one of the things I really learned was um, you want to be able to um, take. um, You're not just um, it's not just a one way uh, leadership isn't just me telling someone else what to do. And so that kind of image of the military leader is yelling at other people and those people saluting and running off to do whatever the leader has said. Doesn't really fit with my experience, both in the Marine Corps and uh, since then in the uh, civilian uh, business environment. Uh, what instead you find out is, it's great to bring people into whatever you know, whatever idea you have of what needs to be done, or what you maybe are told by your, your uh, superior officer. They might say, "Here's what needs to be get need to be done," but I would always find out. Uh, I would communicate that, but then find out the ways that the folks that I was leading, the ways they thought would be best to implement getting to the, the, the mission or the goal that we had, you know, how do they see the best path to get to success? And so um, soliciting input uh, engaging folks and, and getting them to work together, rather than you know, uh, directing someone and telling them, you have to do this, you have to do that. Finding out the best means and method from the folks to get to the mission that I'm responsible for ultimately, but getting them to um, take that mission, embrace it themselves, and have them be part of um, figuring out that solution, whatever solution it is to get to the, the, the mission at hand. So you,
1: you've, um, I think, teed up nicely a direction that I want to go in in this conversation around the, the framework culture and types of tools that you had available to you in the Marines are certainly different uh, than what you've experienced in the private sector. And so while you may take the best of the experience that you had in the Marine Corps, you certainly had to adapt some aspects of your leadership style to accommodate uh, uh, essentially private sector, the private sector environment, the rules, regulations, how you interact with people, that kind of thing. Uh, can you, was it a, was it a shock to you, um, become, you know, uh, moving from the ranks of an officer in the Marines to private industry? What was that transition like for you in terms of your leadership development and, and style? Were you the kind that kind of sits back and takes a look at the environment before you start figuring out how you're going to plug in, or did you go charging into it?
2: Yeah, a, a little bit of both. I mean, I, I definitely, um, am, uh, realize that a lot of, um, being a leader and, and, and being able to uh, do the things that you want to do, do the things you need to do, get the mission accomplished is to is to drive things forward and, and, to, and to push people. Um, I found that actually the, the, the thing that did surprise me most about going into business after being in the military was that people needed just, a, a, needed a pretty similar kind of encouragement and buy-in and um, to the mission in order to accomplish it, but also how uh, the, you know, the workplace uh, and the private sector is, is similar to that in, in, in the Marine Corps, which is there are a bunch of experts around you that um, who have great expertise, often uh, more um, expertise, a great deal more in a lot of cases in their uh, area, their specialty area than I did. Both in the Marine Corps and the civilian world. And so, really tapping into what are the experiences that people have had in the past that have worked really well and applying those to the situation at hand. Um, Trying to get the most out of people, I think um, that is, uh, yeah, sometimes harder, that part of it, sometimes harder in the civilian world. Um, You know, people uh, are much more comfortable uh, using uh, the. your, any life reasons why they can't get something done at a certain time that, that, that anyone probably would have felt in the Marines, but didn't want to tell me that they weren't, they were going to come with something because their kid was homesick or because they, you know, needed a vacation. They were stressed out. They, they didn't like the way I said something. Um, uh, the Marines, you probably wouldn't get any pushback on that, on that and those fronts, but they were probably experiencing the same thing. And so I think, I think probably that was, you know, the hardest thing is getting used to, okay, I, I, I'm, I'm gonna have to really interest people in the mission and I'm gonna have to bring them along and cajole them in a way that, you know, it was a, it was a little bit heavier in, uh, in the business world than it might be um, in, in a place like the Marine Corps. Um, but even like I was saying in the Marines, you know, we were uh, young uh, uh, leaders at all levels in the Marine Corps given a lot of latitude in how they accomplished their mission And, um, and so we did it the way that we we figure out ways that worked out best for us. And, um, and that, you know, and to a certain extent, uh, that might be true in the civilian war. In fact, there may be times uh, in business where I had less latitude uh, with folks than I did in the Marines, but I definitely realized pretty early on that it's going to take convincing people to to help me uh, complete the mission I had at hand. And often, Um, In the businesses I've worked in, uh, we have sort of a matrix structure where uh, a number of people uh, might have to, uh, I might need to get a bunch of people to accomplish the mission I have in business, uh, but they might report to someone else. And so, you know, trying to get their bosses uh, buy in for my mission, uh, trying to get their uh, attention and priorities to the mission I have at hand where they've got other multiple um, conflicting uh, uh, demands on their time and, and their resources. You know, trying to convince them that my 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 uh, my task was the most important one of those. Or sometimes it wasn't. You know, sometimes I'd say, "Hey, I really want to get this done now," but I see you've got these other priorities. So I would talk to the person, find out what where they're coming from, realize that their priorities included other things that were indeed more pressing than than whatever my priority was. And I think people appreciate that. And, and that's more common um, in, say, business than it would be in the Marine Corps. I think in the Marine Corps, you, you'd get more of an opportunity where someone would sort of feel obligated to the Marine that you're directing, leading, would feel more obligated to you know, put down whatever else they were working on. And so in the civilian world, you know, coming up with those sort of constraints on resources um, that was probably a little bit uh, stronger in the civilian war, but not absent in the Marines. And so I definitely um, find that part of leadership the, uh, one of the most challenging in business is getting people who have other priorities to get them to prioritize what you want to do. Um, but it's also one of the most rewarding things uh, of uh, working in, in business is when you can convince people to uh, take on a mission. Uh, to prioritize that amongst a um, uh, sea of other priorities they have, and then to actually accomplish something in a timely fashion. I, I, I learned all that uh, in my time in the Marine Corps, and I definitely use it uh, on a day-to-day, constant basis uh, in business.
1: So you, you actually, let's pull a thread back on that a little bit, because what you just described is, frankly, but my personal experience in the private sector world less dictatorial, um, less formal teams. Um, mm-hmm. You have mm-hmm. to kind of go and build uh, a team structure based on a mm-hmm. uh, coalition of the willing, uh, folks mm-hmm. who, who want mm-hmm. to prioritize what it is that you uh, have chosen to engage in. And that to me is is challenging and infinitely more difficult than say, being dropped into a team environment and being designated the leader. And um, it, maybe the difference between hierarchy and, and, and team building in a different fashion <clears throat> Do you recognize your first experience with that influenced level of team building? Um, is that something that you uh, was it a stark difference to you? Did it take you a while to get used to that, or do you feel like you recognized it quickly and, and were able to, you know, be effective in an environment like that almost immediately?
2: Yeah, no, it took it took me a little bit longer, and I and I'm still always. Um, I mean, I certainly am able to fall back on the foundations of uh, leadership training I received in the Marines, Um, but now, yeah, it's a lot more, uh, you know, you have to be um, extra entrepreneurial in an entrepreneurial setting and in in most business settings, you know, i found that, um, that, you know, our team is changing uh, at times, either people leaving the organization or bringing in new people. Um, We also have... Um, situations where we are um, hiring consultants for uh, portions of what we're doing. And so finding the right people, you know, whereas in the in the military, yeah, you'd be given a team and that's your team. (laughs) And you can't, you can't go pulling uh, Marines out of other uh, another platoon to fit into your group. Uh, You got you got the kind of the squad that you've got. And so I think um, that part of it, in in finding people that will make up your team, that's a, certainly a new challenge, um, and the fact that that can change at different times, um, as people come in and out of the workplace, um, and then accommodating people's different schedules, so those things were a lot more challenging in business. Um, but like I said before, you know, I think what um, uh, what the Marine Corps did was teach me how you can really enjoy leadership. And I'm not saying that that's uh, what any, uh, all individuals need It certainly was the way that got me to really appreciate and and love leadership. Um, But in business, it's like, um, you know, you might seek a role of leadership uh, because it brings, uh, uh, you know, greater opportunity, greater pay, uh, a higher um, uh, title. And um, I found in, uh, I've been in a number of entrepreneurial settings and a lot of it is the leadership is, uh, you know, figuring out the rules of the game as the game is going on and the game is changing. And um, that's, you know, I find that to be one of the most interesting and challenging um, opportunities as a leader is, is, is being in an environment that's dynamic. Um, but again, you know, I harken back to, the Marine Corps training that we got in leadership was um, to really put you in different environments and try and have you take the basic elements of leadership and organization and use those in whatever situation happens. So I, I feel comfortable given that training. I feel very comfortable doing it. And yeah, you're right. It's it's there. There may be aspects of it that are more challenging in a in a business setting. Um, but they are still you're still able to rest on the foundation of okay, I've got these leadership tools, I've got these leadership traits. I've got these experiences that I can pull on. And now it's like, how do I bring others into into what I'm doing and in a way that has them buy into it in a way that's sufficient enough to get the things done and and in a way, hopefully that makes it so that they have really uh, the folks that I'm leading have taken on those things as, they're important to themselves. It isn't just like, hey, I got to do this thing because James says I got to do it or because he thinks it's important, but getting people to really see the importance to them and how their part is vital to making the whole team effort work. Um, that is both uh, challenging in the private sector, but also uh, incredibly rewarding um, in a way that uh, I probably wouldn't have uh, guessed Come, you know, coming out of the military.
1: So um, one of the um, vital characteristics, I think, of a successful leader uh, is a sense of self-awareness, sort of understanding how you show up, uh, having the humbleness to be able to look back on experiences and evaluate whether or not you've been successful so you can learn from them. Um, How do you think that's impacted uh, your ability to lead? Do you consider yourself um, uniquely uh, self-aware and like how much of that, how much time do you spend in reflection uh, thinking about, how you perform from a leadership standpoint and trying to change it.
2: Yeah. Well, the, um, I, 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 I do have, um, a healthy dose of humility, uh, going through, uh, life. Uh, I, I've, you know, been seen where you have to, you have to be hum, humble and in, in, in the face of adversity, humble in the face of, um, you know, what different things life throws at you, uh, as, as it, as it relates to self-awareness, I think uh, my biggest uh, ability to be self-aware came through getting married. <laughs> and uh, As it I has think, for uh, many of us. <laughs> yeah. I think, you know, like having a kid also helps you that way because you're seeing yourself through another's eyes. But I think being, uh, having a mirror turned against you when you get married and say, Oh, you think you're so great well <laughs> look what i see <laughs> um is uh, is both uh humbling but also uh, was incredibly helpful for me as a person to to grow and um and so honestly i'm 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 deeply appreciative of of uh of uh, my partner uh wendy uh being there for me and 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 being willing to put up with things and also you know it's probably easier in a lot of cases just to ignore uh, someone's, uh, someone's shortcomings or, uh, and just focus on the good things. But, you know, actually when you learn about yourself through their eyes, it's, um, it's incredibly helpful for self-awareness, um, as a leader, uh, there, you know, you get enough, uh, I'll, I have to go back to it, but, you know, being, um, getting training in the Marine Corps as a leader, you, you get thrown into, uh, during training situations, you get thrown into different leadership roles to, to see how you handle them, um, you never have all the information that you'd want to have to make a decision. Uh, but you know, we learned early on that making a decision uh, sooner rather than later, based on the information at hand and the input of the uh, the folks around you, um, is more important than you know making a decision now based on the information available and input is more valuable than. And then waiting and getting more and more information. And often the uh, situation of waiting to make a decision is a decision in itself. And sometimes it's a decision that you don't want to make. You're you're basically saying, I'm not going to decide. I'm not going to take action. I'm not going to influence the situation now. And then that might be the most important move is to influence the situation right now. So I, I, I learned a lot of that. And so I think that um, helped me have an awareness of, um, how um, how tenuous those situation situations can be in life, where you do want to make a decision based on the um, the information at hand and move forward. And um, I think probably my inclination earlier in life would have been to wait uh, longer to to get more information and to to you know let me figure out this thing and really analyze it. And my inclination later on in life now is. And I think this is the self-awareness of, I'm okay with making a decision that could be wrong. Um, I'm okay with making a decision that's that's that will have to be adjusted in the future based on other information that comes about, but I'd rather take action. And so I think that sort of awareness of um, myself, my own inclinations, but also the things that work really well, I think that's incredibly helpful. Um, and you know and i and the i think the self-awareness to say you know am i going to ask someone to do this thing that i would not do um is you know i think that's really critically important is really being aware you know or am i asking something that's that's um uh, maybe is reasonable or unreasonable but you know that that i'd be willing to do and that do i have a good reason for asking someone to do that and is the is the urgency with which I'm giving this task re- required? So I think those things, those things where you have both self-awareness and, and self-reflection, um, I think those are critical. Now, if, it, if in a combat situation, it might you know you, you might have to make quicker decisions and more forcefully, uh, but most of us are making decisions that don't have any kind of impact on you know life or limb, and so. Um, but I still find that that self. Uh, awareness of, you know, what, you know, my tolerance for making decision uh, without full information. And yet the experience of knowing that probably making some decision is better than making no decision, um, you know, and, and trying to find that point. So I'm not sure if I fully answered the question, but I, I do feel like there is enough self-awareness there that has come through uh, life experience that allows me to be a better leader. And I, I hope that that's, you know, how folks that I that I'm a leading feel about it too, that they see, you know, what I'm doing is um, something that I would take on if I, you know, I wouldn't ask them to do something I wouldn't do. And also that I wouldn't ask them to do something if I, unless I thought it was really important unless I uh, had, if I have the time that I can explain them to why, why I think it's important to them.
1: So let's stick with this theme of, uh, of self-awareness. And I want to, the lane I want to go down is um, how you carry, um, both the positive and negative experiences with you from one um, leadership experience to the next and talk to me about the room that you give others maybe your team members to to fail pick themselves up and learn from their experiences and how you've been treated for you know in terms of folks that have led you have you been given the room to you know in the tech industry we have this expression of failing fast so you can get to uh, the usable solution what's your experience been like that how do you make sure that you're giving folks room to fail and they, they can do it in a transparent way, but learn from it and maybe experiences that you've had um, uh, with others leading you and whether or not they've given you room to, uh, to stumble and, and fall and pick yourself up.
2: Yeah, absolutely. I, th- I think, uh, I think that's, you know, as key is, is, is giving folks a chance to realize that, um, you know, failing is, is okay. And, um, that they they can learn from that. I certainly have had that experience many, many times in my life where um, I'd hate to fail, but um, I, I know that I will. And I want to be able to, you know, encourage other people to, uh, going back to what I said earlier about, you know, making a decision based on the information available rather than waiting too long uh, for maybe other information to come and not taking action. Um, and, yeah, we'll, we'll do it um I, I don't want people to you know truly fail and I don't want us to to do something that's that's um, that we can't fix. Uh, but for example, I, I let one of the uh, um, newer uh, members of my team recently um, uh, set up a timeline for a project that um, I knew early on was was uh, a flawed timeline. He had you know made certain assumptions that, um, meant that something it was going to take longer, you know, he thought he could do it in a shorter period of time. Uh, but I, I knew that, you know, he would learn through the experience that that, you know, he would set unrealistic expectations for himself. Um, but I liked his initiative, he wanted to get things done, and he wanted to tackle a problem. And so, you know, I go ahead, and let him um, make the mistake, when he realized it a few weeks later, oh, man, this thing that I thought was going to take uh, six months is really going to take a year. Uh, that was fine because he had already made progress towards the goal. He, had, he hadn't really lost any time, particularly. Uh, he had just made himself, uh, you know, look a little bit bad because he'd set really un, un, unrealistic expectations um, uh, for the completion of a, a long-term task. And and, uh, and that was fine, you know, and he he realized it was fine that he had made a mistake and he, he certainly realized that he had made a mistake and he's learned from it. And now when he's um, we we plan out multiple projects that, that often take years to, to conclude now when he does it, he's a lot more um, uh, willing to take in some more you know, seek uh, inputs from other people, like how long do you think this will really take? You know, how can we push it to do it sooner? Um, What are some realistic timelines? What are maybe some slightly unrealistic timelines, but ones we ought to shoot for? Um, And I think, you know, he went from a more sort of academic understanding of how long something might take to a real world understanding of it. And uh, stumbled in the process, looked a little, got a little bit of mud on his face, but um, really learned a lot. And I think he, he wouldn't have learned as much had I told him, no, You can't, that's the wrong timeline. Here's the right timeline. Now work towards that. Having this experience of having sort of failed in a small way, um, and I wouldn't even, he wouldn't have thought about it as failure, and I wouldn't have said it as failure, but having made that mistake, let's say, um, he was definitely ready the next time to really think it through and make a much better um, evaluation and decision on the next time that he did it. And so, I, I do think that it's important to allow people a lot of slack to figure out things for themselves. I certainly uh, believe in giving a guidance on the way when when warranted and don't wanna make anyone uh, look bad or, or experience some sort of um, more major failure, but the, the latitude to be able to make decisions, to learn from uh, poor decisions um, is absolutely the best way for someone to actually uh, become a better um, performer and better leader themselves. So I have experienced that myself, and i and I truly believe that that is a, an outstanding um, uh, method for getting people to to you know become a better version of themselves to to become a better uh, contributor and uh, and become a better leader.
1: have you have have you ever had any experience with the converse of that? in other words, work for someone that maybe um, uh, created a somewhat constricting constricting environment and didn't allow you the flexibility to feel like you could you could stumble.
2: Yeah, and that's and that's um, a very uncomfortable uh, feeling. I mean, it certainly constrained my enthusiasm for coming up with new ideas or um, my enthusiasm for um, taking uh, initiative. Um, and um, and actually, I had someone say to me, I was used to taking plenty of initiative, trying things and and maybe them not working out. And, um, you know, I had someone uh, who was uh, temporarily uh, my boss uh, tell me, you were in the military, you know how to take orders. Why are not you taking my orders? And what I really wanted to say was your orders are are flawed. And I think I probably started that way, and then I, you know, I, at some point you realize, uh, you know, first of all, tact is, uh, you know, uh, super important uh, leadership trait, and so um, uh, if tact means I gotta, you know, help bring this person along who's my superior, um, and um, you know it's, that's gonna work, you know, it's, there's a certain method. It's gonna work a lot better than uh, me. Uh, acting like either insubordinate in their eyes or as some sort of troublemaker um or as a problem in general and i think that you know there was a, a uh a boss i had who did definitely uh, knew someone who came in in a kind of uh, um immediate situation where we made some changes and this new person came in uh through a merger actually and um you know, I, I got off on the wrong foot with the person by, you know, being a little bit too aggressive in the way I was uh, you know, and taking too much latitude in my own activities. And, you know, uh, I, I benefited in the end by having a great lesson learned. I, I didn't, you know, I learned that was uh, pushing back too hard is not going to um, help anyone and not not exhibiting tact. Um, and. Also, I was glad when that person left uh, pretty soon afterwards, left as my as my boss. But um, I did learn that, you know, um, even someone who is uh, you know, clearly my boss, someone who's a senior person um, might not have a thick skin and might, and might really just want to see you do what they want you to do. And so while I didn't think it was uh, that person was exhibiting great leadership skills, it was a situation I was in. And so, you know, sort of uh, uh, as my wife would say, you know, reading the room and um, really understanding where you're com- the other person is coming from is so critical. And I've and I always believed that. And so um, I, I definitely have experienced where I was taking too much, I was taking too much latitude and, was, and slapped down for that and learned that, um, you know, it better to be upfront about it say, hey, I, I, I think I can, you know, be effective if I do this, that, and the other thing. And really, if the person doesn't buy into it, you know, um, either go seek, you know, some someone else who might like that or appreciate that or, you know, follow these orders for a while and, and, you know, try and do my best, but maybe not push it as hard as I think it should be pushed. And and sometimes that's that's what you have to do. But I, you know, I I definitely bristle at the uh, situations where I feel constrained and and feel like I could do better and more if, if I would follow my own counsel. And so, it's that's a character flaw of my own, but, um, uh, yeah, definitely I've had it, it that, that, converse, uh, situation happen. I learned a lot from it.
1: So the last area I want to touch on is the, uh, concept of how we show up as leaders. Uh, you've always impressed me as a, uh, not only likable, uh, obviously I like you, we've had a long-term friendship, uh, but it, 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 it seems to me that when you show up in a room that, you know, people get an impression of who you are, um, how you show up as a leader is important, though, because people make assumptions about uh, what it's going to be like to work with you. Maybe even over time, they make judgments about what it's like to work with you or for you. Um, what What do you know about how you show up as a leader? What What assumptions do people make about you and, and how has that worked in your favor and maybe how has it worked against you?
2: Yeah, you know, I, I, I do think there's a funny thing sometimes where... Um, people uh actually this this is a this is might be an odd segue from that but i do feel like sometimes people look at uh look up to other people uh sometimes just because of their their physical presence and um i'm i'm a relatively tall guy and what i've seen with uh we uh, my son is even taller than me and i've seen him throughout his life people sort of turning to him uh assuming that he would know what to do or that he would want to take on some sort of mantle of leadership in any particular moment and there's, and, there's been
1: some research and, on this right in terms of yeah uh, no
2: i mean yeah, and yeah. you know and, and often the taller presidential candidate wins i think there's you know it's fairly high correlation but right um but but beyond that sort of um that one tiny bit of you know like meeting people and and the, the assumption of leadership you know, I, I think what you said earlier, MK, about humility is so important. So I think, you know, what I try and say upfront to people is, um, you know, if I'm, I'm uh, in a situation where I'm uh, either, you know, assumed or have been given some sort of leadership responsibility is, is, is talk about how important um, a team is to me and how important um, uh, consensus is to me. And sure, there'll be times when I'll say, um, in a situation, either a time and a place that's, you know, hey, I, I really want you to do something quickly or, or uh, take a priority of mine that's it's over a certain priority you've been having, doing something when they thought they didn't have any more work to do that particular day, whatever the situation is. Um, but I tend to, when I come into a situation, say, you know, I, I, I may be in this role of being a leader and I, and I, and I want to be, or I, I feel comfortable because, you know, I've got this experience, which I think is valuable for the situation. I do say, you know, I don't know everything. I do say that I I really want people to be invested in what we're doing. And so um, I I do come at it with the humility of knowing I don't have all the answers. I don't certainly know oftentimes as much as the people around me do about um, any particular area of their expertise. Uh, While I may not know that I'm, I'm, enthusiastically um, taking responsibility to make something happen and I want to get their buy-in. So I think, I think that's, that's my approach in any kind of leadership position is, any situation is, is to acknowledge um, sort of limitations that I have uh, as well as strengths that I might have, um, but really dwell on what is it that we can do as, as a partnership or as a team um, that will that will get things done in a way that we'll all feel proud about and uh, rewarded by in, in various ways. So I think that's the that's the key thing I approach in a leadership situation is uh, to come in with um, an explanation of my uh, leadership position, uh, uh, background of why I, th- I bring a good amount of experience and and uh, judgment to a situation, uh, but. Um, a humility to say, I, I can't do it without them um, and don't want to do it without them. And so what is it that we can accomplish together through their knowledge, their input, their expertise that makes something better? So that's, that's how I approach just about any uh, leadership situation. Excellent. The humble leader.
0: We hope you enjoyed this episode of the Leadership Student Podcast with MK Palmore, part of the ITSB Magazine Podcast Network. If you learned something new and this conversation made you think, then add this show to your favorite podcast player, subscribe to the ITSB Magazine YouTube channel, and share the ITSB Magazine Podcast Network with your friends, family, and colleagues. If you represent a company and wish to connect your brand to our conversations and our audience, visit ITSBMagazine.com to learn how to sponsor one or more of our podcast channels. We hope you will come back for more stories and follow us on our journey.